booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Tragedy. Tragedy there in the Bronx. A fire fatally killing four people, including three children. Two pedestrians killed in Ronkonkoma identified as a husband and wife. Early voting kicked off Saturday with a neck-and-neck governor's race hanging in the balance in New York. Charges will be announced today against the suspect in the hammer attack against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband. A stampede during a Halloween party in Seoul kills 150 young people. Four people, including three children, were killed in a two-alarm fire on Quimby Avenue in the Castle Hill section of the Bronx Sunday morning. A 22-year-old man, a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 10-month-old all died. A 21-year-old woman and a 41-year-old man are in critical condition at New York City Health and Hospitals, Jacoby. Neighbors told ABC7 they desperately tried to help. I ran to my house. I grabbed the hammer. So then I ran back, and um, I gave it to the dad. He was trying to bang the door open, but he couldn't get it open, so he was just trying to bang on the window. The fire marshal is working to determine the official cause of that fire. A husband and wife killed as well as they were crossing a street in Ronkonkoma Saturday night. Police say 60-year-old Narcisio Saravia and 59-year-old Maria Saravia were walking across Ocean Avenue just before 7 p.m. when they were hit. The husband was pronounced dead at the scene. His wife later died at a hospital. This is the latest in a rise in traffic deaths throughout the city. Monique Williams, a member of Families for Safe Streets, spoke to PIX11 back in July about losing her father in a tragic accident. My dad was crushed. His body was crushed. His face was crushed. You don't want other people to feel what you feel. That pain is is real. It's so real. The driver in that incident was not hurt. Investigators did impound his car for a safety check. Well, crime-weary New Yorkers began casting ballots on Saturday. They marked the start of early voting, the hotly contested race for their next governor here in New York. The polls opened at 9 a.m. across the Big Apple. Republican Representative Lee Zeldin is challenging incumbent Democratic New York Governor Kathy Hochul at the top of the ticket. Congressional contests also at stake this year. Former Long Island Republican Congressman Peter King spoke about Zeldin's gains in the polls on the Cats Roundtable with 77 WABC owner and host John Katzmatidis. I think Lee Zeldin has at least a 50-50 chance, if not more. It's incredible when you think of it, John. In New York, there's 2 million more Democrats than Republicans. And by every poll, whether Lee is four points behind, two points behind, or actually, uh, you know, tenth or two tenths of a point ahead, this is an amazing surge that he's generated here. In Bay Ridge, where voters were also choosing between reelecting Republican Representative Nicole Maliotakis or Democrat Max Rose, the city's rising crime rate also a deciding factor for some. The polls will follow a varying schedule through November 6th, and then they will close a day ahead of reopening for Election Day, of course, November 8th. Well, the man accused of attacking House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, with a hammer during a break-in at the couple's San Francisco home, carried zip ties with him, asking, where's Nancy? Authorities said the suspect, 42-year-old David DePape, demanded to know where is Nancy as he attacked Paul Pelosi. 
Officers tackled DePape right after he grabbed a hammer from Pelosi's hand and struck him in his head. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar on NBC says it's evidence of a toxic and violent political climate. I'll say this. This was a vicious attack meant for the speaker. Ends up hammering uh, the speaker's husband. And our prayers are with her and her husband, their kids, their grandkids. A vicious attack in which she has been villainized for years. And big surprise, it's gone viral and it went violent. DePape was arrested on suspicion of attempted murder, elder abuse, and burglary. Prosecutors plan to announce those charges today during a news conference and expect DePape's arraignment tomorrow. Pelosi underwent surgery for a skull fracture and is expected to make a full recovery. Nancy Pelosi was in Washington, D.C. at the time of the attack. More than 150 people, mostly in their 20s and 30s, died when a huge crowd during a Halloween party crowd surged into a narrow alley in a nightlife district in Seoul, South Korea. It remains unclear just what led that crowd to surge Saturday night. Witnesses said people fell on each other like dominoes. Witness Janelle's story spoke to the Associated Press. We just wanted to feel that that fun and freedom of Halloween 2022, finally less restrictions. It really was just meant to be fun and dress up and, and have a good time. And it very quickly became more than that. It became an actual horror. The exact cause of that surge is unknown. It remains under investigation. Uh, Nine people declared dead on the scene. Nearly two-thirds of the 153 people killed in that stampede were women. Two senior Republicans pushing back Sunday on Democratic assertions that heated GOP political rhetoric contributed to the brutal assault of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul. Republican National Committee Chair Ronna McDaniel called it unfair that Democrats would draw a direct line between her party's villainizing of Pelosi and Friday's home invasion that left the Speaker's husband hospitalized with a skull fracture and other injuries. National Republican Congressional Committee Chair Tom Emmer, the Republican from Minnesota, posted a video last week of himself firing a gun with the hashtag Fire Pelosi. The suspect in the attack was reportedly obsessed with online disinformation about fraud in the 2020 election and other conspiracy theories. Here's RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel on Fox News. I think this is a deranged individual. You can't say people saying let's fire Pelosi or let's uh, take back the House is saying go do violence. It's just unfair. And I think we all need to recognize uh, violence is up across the board. Lee Zeldin was attacked. We had an assassination attempt against Brett Kavanaugh. And Democrats didn't refute, you know, didn't repudiate that. San Francisco Police Chief William Scott described the attack as not a random act, but police have not yet detailed a motive. Well, ironically, when former President Donald Trump votes down in Florida on November 8th, he will be voting for a potential rival, Governor Ron DeSantis, whom may face the GOP nod for president. Trump told The Wall Street Journal he would support DeSantis's bid for re-election. Neither, though, has officially announced expected campaigns for president. During a debate with Democratic rival Charlie Crist, DeSantis didn't comment to another full term as governor if re-elected. Yes or no, Ron? Will you serve a full four-year term if you're re-elected governor of Florida? It's not a tough question. It's a fair question. He won't tell you. 
DeSantis recorded a robocall endorsing Republican businessman Joe Odea, an underdog in the Colorado Senate race, who vowed earlier this month to actively campaign against Trump if he mounts a third presidential bid. The move did not go unnoticed by the former president, who has spent months griping to aides about DeSantis and amplifying claims that he would handily beat the governor in a Republican primary for president. First Lady Jill Biden campaigned for Democrats in New Hampshire and New York State over the weekend, while President Joe Biden remained home in Delaware. As some Democrats are keeping their distance from Joe Biden due to his low polling numbers. In New Hampshire, Senator Jill Biden campaigned for Senator Maggie Hassan, a first-term Democrat in a competitive race against GOP challenger Don Bolduc. Here's Hassan on Saturday. And the other thing Granitators know about is what it means to be independent, what it means to stand up to corporate special interests. So I have stood up to big oil to work to lower our energy prices and fight climate change. And I have stood up to big pharma to finally allow Medicare to negotiate prices of prescription drugs. Joe Biden spent Sunday in New York State making stops in Westchester County, Long Island and Manhattan. Well, Elon Musk has started to clean house. Musk, who completed that $44 billion deal to buy Twitter on Thursday, has ordered the cuts across his company with some teams to be trimmed more than others. The scale of the layoffs can't be determined just yet, though. Twitter has about 7,500 employees. King Lip of Baker Avenue Asset Management spoke to CNBC. You know, specifically as it relates to Twitter, I mean, the company, to be perfectly honest, never figured out a way to effectively monetize its users. So, you know, I think Musk being the the sort of um, visionary, you know, if you will, may be able to do that successfully. Reports of layoffs at Twitter have swirled since Musk agreed to buy the company back in April. The billionaire, who also leads the electric car maker Tesla and the rocket company SpaceX, has told investigators that he would take Twitter private, reduce its workforce, roll back its content moderation rules, and find new revenue streams. A big uptick in the theft of catalytic converters of, you know, they often cost over several thousand dollars to replace for those who've had them stolen. The National Insurance Crime Bureau tallied some 52,000 stolen catalytic converters in 2021 alone. That's three times as high as in 2020 and more than a tenfold increase from 2019. New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, spoke at a press conference a few weeks ago about the uptick in this kind of theft. Now, over the last couple of years, it's increased over 200 percent in some parts of our state. Nassau County, over 1,549 thefts this year compared to 445 last year, a 248 percent increase. And some vehicles, such as Toyota Prius models, large pickups, and delivery trucks are often targeted by thieves because their catalytic converters contain a lot of these metals that thieves are after. The devices fetch hundreds of dollars for criminals but can cost several thousand dollars to replace. According to police, once stolen, the devices are typically sold to scrap dealers or are taken apart and melted down in illegal smelting operations. Well, Brazil has a new president. A newcomer has ousted the incumbent. Brazil's electoral authority said on Sunday that Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva of the leftist workers party defeated incumbent Jair Bolsonaro to become the country's next president. 
787 WABC News Time coming up on 515. Let's take a look at sports. Here's Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. Apologies for my voice here. I did lose it in Philadelphia yesterday. I was at the Eagles game, so... It, my voice stayed in Philadelphia. I came back to New York. Essentially, that's how that worked. But, uh, got it. Yeah, elsewhere. Yeah, you got it, Luke. Elsewhere, locally here, New York football took a bit of a step back this week as both the Jets and Giants suffered losses in their Week 8 matchups. Jets fell at home to the Patriots 22-17 to after quarterback Zach Wilson coughed up three costly interceptions. Devin McCourty brought in two of those three picks, and the right foot of Nick Folk was good for five field goals on the day against his former team as New England caps the Jets' winning streak out four games. Here was head coach Robert Sallow following the game on his young quarterback's performance. We got faith in, uh, in Z. Um, he's played good football. He's been he's taken care of the football uh, since he's gotten back, and he's shown uh, flashes of good football. So um, everyone in the locker room still has his back. With the loss, the Jets now sit at five and three overall, good for a tied second place in the AFC East. And for the G-Men, they were in Seattle to take on a surprisingly good Seahawks team, and they saw their four-game win streak reach its end as well, losing twenty-seven to thirteen to move to six and two on the year. Seattle's plan was simple: contain Saquon Barkley, and it worked. Big Blue star back was held to a season-low 53 yards on 20 carries. And the Giants head into the bye week in a tie for second place in the NFC East after Philadelphia won to remain undefeated. And on the hardwood, Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers took it to the Knicks in Cleveland, besting them 121-108. to Mitchell went for 38 points and a career-high 12 assists. And Kevin Love took over in the fourth with 16 of his 29 points to seal the victory for Cleveland. Knicks will look to rebound on Wednesday night at home against the Atlanta Hawks. And the Nets will be back in action tonight at home against the Pacers. That tip-off is set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And on the ice, it was the Rangers and Devils both grabbing victories yesterday. The Devils wiped the floor with the Columbus Blue Jackets to the tune of a 7-1 shellacking on home ice. And the Rangers, they grabbed a couple of points as well with a 3-2 win on the road in Arizona against the Coyotes. Both teams are off today and will be back in action tomorrow night. Here with your early news uh, sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Blue Dobbs has your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Wall Street wraps up October. Stocks heading toward a winning month. The Fed's November meetings are here. Wall Street wraps up October trading today. Stocks coming off of Friday's rally, securing the fourth straight winning week for the Dow. All three major indexes on pace for a winning month. Pfizer reports third quarter earnings tomorrow. Wall Street forecasting a 12% decline in sales last quarter. COVID-19 vaccine demand steadily declining. Investors are looking to other Pfizer segments for growth. Overall earnings are forecast to decline for Moderna. Wall Street is targeting a 60% decline in earnings per share year over year and like Pfizer, Moderna's COVID vaccine demand is slumping. Moderna reports third quarter results Wednesday. The Fed's November policy meeting starts tomorrow. Investors will of course be looking for signals from the Fed that interest rate hikes could slow down before the end of the year. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Checking futures. Everything's in the red. The Dow down 170 points or 0.52% at 32,722. S&P's fallen 25 and a half. NASDAQ down 95 points. Gold down $5.70 an ounce. Crude oil at $87.28 a barrel. That's down 62 cents. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time 520. 
A group of protesters on Long Island angry after a teacher is allowed back in the classroom. 77 WABC's Bob Brown has the story. A Long Island community is outraged after a teacher accused of displaying nooses was reinstated to the classroom. A group from Roosevelt plans to head to Albany to protest the decision. The tenured teacher at Roosevelt High School is accused of displaying nooses with the caption, Back to School Necklace. The school district is predominantly black and Latino with activists calling the display clearly racist. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. More gun violence. Three people hospitalized after a shooting in Queens. It followed an argument happened at the corner of 91st Avenue and Sutphin Boulevard in Jamaica just before 2 p.m. yesterday. A 29-year-old man was shot in his buttocks. A 24-year-old man shot in his stomach. A 21-year-old woman was shot in the lower back. All three victims taken to Jamaica Hospital in serious but stable condition. The gunman is described as wearing a blue bubble jacket, blue Adidas sweatpants, and wearing a face mask. Police say an argument preceded this between the two men outside the Long Island Grocery Deli leading up to the shooting. Yasser Ali just showed up for his night shift at the deli, only to find an active crime scene and police blocking his entrance. He spoke to ABC7. They tell me like somebody got shot outside and they go to the store. And what is your reaction to seeing That's bad. That's bad like this. It's unclear if that woman who was shot was an innocent bystander, and yet another shooting occurred less than a mile from that busy intersection in Jamaica. Police say a 16-year-old was shot in the stomach. He was taken to North Shore Long Island Jewish Children's Hospital in critical condition. Authorities don't believe, though, that the two shootings are related. New York City is settling lawsuits brought by two men exonerated last year for the 1965 killing of Malcolm X. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has more. The city will pay Muhammad Aziz and the family of Khalil Islam $26 million for the wrongful convictions which led to both men spending decades behind bars. New York State will pay an additional $10 million. They and a third men were convicted of Malcolm X's murder in 1966 and sentenced to life in prison, but the third man insisted he acted alone. They were paroled in the 1980s but kept working to clear their names. Islam died in 2009. For 77 WABC News, I'm Alex Barnard. NASA County Police have arrested a man in connection with a deadly drunk driving crash. Investigators say Donald Hill, who's 50 years old, lost control of his Dodge Charger while allegedly speeding down Jerusalem Avenue in Hempstead Saturday night. His vehicle hit a curb and slammed into a tree. His passenger, 26-year-old Javier Paris, died after being ejected from the vehicle. Hill faces DWI charges now, according to Nassau County Police. At least 100 people had to be evacuated after an underground homeless encampment in Hell's Kitchen caught fire Saturday night. This encampment was three levels below a hotel-turned-homeless shelter and some 25 feet above the tracks of Amtrak's Empire Line. Firefighters had to coordinate with Amtrak to ensure no trains would pass through and kill power to the tracks, and then they had a struggle to reach the underground location. Battalion Chief Joseph Castellano spoke to ABC7. They had to kill power to the area and make sure that there's no diesel train movement on the lines. So that takes a little bit of time, a little bit of doing, and getting access down through the building. It's like climbing down through a chimney flue. Two people were hospitalized and three firefighters ended up suffering minor injuries. The cause of that fire unknown at this time it remains under investigation. 
Well, members of the Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem held their first Sunday service without their longtime noted pastor, the Reverend Dr. Calvin Butts, who died on Friday unofficially of cancer. New York City's Mayor Eric Adams ordered flags all across the five boroughs to be lowered to half-staff. Reverend Dr. Calvin Butts was a longtime political and social activist known nationally. Former New York Governor David Patterson spoke to ABC7. He was there for victims such as Randolph Evans, Michael Stewart, Eleanor Bumpers, and Clifford Glover. And these were, uh, there were a lot of those incidents in those cases, and he was always standing up for accountability from the police department. The church will be holding viewings for the Reverend on Thursday, November 3rd from 9 in the morning till 7 at night and also on Friday, November 4th from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. followed by a homegoing celebration on Friday at 2 p.m. And anybody wishing to pay tribute to the late Dr. Butts can do so on the church's website, the website for the Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem. An internal NYPD bulletin finds no known threat currently exists against any of New York's candidates, election workers, or polling sites ahead of the midterm elections on November 8th. However, this bulletin stresses elevated vigilance for any potential election threats heading into the November 8th midterms. That bulletin, reviewed by NBC New York, warns of the potential danger lurking in online forums and message groups, particularly ones spreading misinformation or lies that they say could motivate individuals to take violent action against election-related infrastructure and personnel. The bulletin makes a specific mention about this summer's attack on one of New York's gubernatorial candidates, Representative Lee Zeldin, the GOP candidate. The Republican was speaking at a campaign stop outside of Rochester, New York, back in July, when a man approached the stage wielding a sharp object. You could debate, you could disagree, but violence should never have any place in our politics. Congressman Zeldin there following that attack, that man was arrested. And uh, according to this draft bulletin drafted by the Department's Intelligence Bureau, the bulletin was completed before a man also broke into the home in San Francisco of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's home and attacked her husband, Paul, with a hammer. Legendary musician Jerry Lee Lewis has passed away. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz has a story. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. The untamable and often outrageous rock and roll pioneer Jerry Lee Lewis has died at 87. Spokesperson Zach Furman said Lewis died Friday morning at his Mississippi home near Memphis. His talent, energy, and ego collided into piano-pumping perfection on hits like Great Balls of Fire and a whole lot of shaking going on. Lewis's infamous private life included a marriage to his 13-year-old cousin who later alleged physical and mental cruelty. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. If you missed the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.